Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, Jen Shutridge, and that other guy who might be my brother. Oh, hi. Hi, Joe. Welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Hold Hello. On. I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, having fun here on the beach, even though I'm not on the beach yet. We record so back to back <laughs> two shows because the first one I'll be at the beach, and then the, this one here, I'll still be there because yeah. we're getting ready to come home, but... Uh, hopefully, I as I re- or as we're releasing this, not recording this, I'll have some great stories. And I hope you find some haunted. That's it. Or I, interesting local legends or lore. The I guess those islands are well known for slave trade and stuff like that. And pirates. Pirates. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Pirates. are <laughs> Joe will come back with a, with a big hat and a sword and a patch. <laughs> I'll find a girl there named Peg. There you and go. It has a leg. There you go. Peg, peg leg. Island boy. <laughs> Joel's going to be an island boy. So that's funny because um, you're going to get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been tanning. That's good. I haven't done in a couple of days. But ah, no, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's just so intense down there. You just don't even realize well, it because it's. As we're recording sun. this, obviously, we're still in studio here Mm -hmm. but i looked and the forecast for the days are 78 degrees i think i'm like but it's not what i'm thinking i'm thinking like 80 degrees or 85 degrees out but oh well you're still gonna get burned it's gonna be fun so don't forget your sunglasses yes all right well we have this really interesting topic today joe and i um have done some research on this and i was like a little interesting it's interesting because it is. I felt like some of this kind of related to me. I, some of the um, characteristics. Yes, I feel the same way. Later, there's they call them waves. I'll mm-hmm. talk about that, and I'm like reading this, going, "This is me," but I know I'm not an indigo child. Of course, I don't know. I've never had my aura taken, my aura photos done. I did. My aura was brown, <laughs> <laughs> poop brown. <laughs> Maybe it's changed by now. Yeah. Okay, so the topic today is indigo children. And you might ask, what is an indigo child? Yes, Jen, what is an indigo child? Okay, so, you know, our world is really kind of lost touch with our souls. And the indigo child is here as a light bearer, path forger, and a paradigm shifter. So basically, the concept of indigo children was originated back in around the 1970s. And there have been groups of individuals who, throughout the times, developed a mission and a purpose to kind of awaken humanity. So think of like your spiritual leaders or people who are putting out content that may help you relax, almost like what you're doing with your podcast. Exactly. Joe. That's. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> If you're an old soul who feels a strong and profound urge to create change in society, you are likely an indigo child, which is what we're doing with our podcast. Yeah. Here, Mm -hmm. we're changing your lives, people. Whether you like it or not, we're doing it. No. We're here Um, for you. No, we're just, you know, we're bringing out thought and um, learning and history and legends and lore. So an indigo child sometimes can be referred to as a star child or a crystal child. 
indigo child is a person who has come into the world and they're destined to create change and spiritual awakening for humanity. Indigo children could be considered to be free thinkers with profound insight into the human condition and have an ability to see the truth clearly. As spiritually gifted old souls, indigo children find it hard to fit into the mainstream society and often become rejected or misunderstood, sometimes medicated or misdiagnosed. An indigo child also is thought to process strong intuition and various varying spiritual gifts, such as abilities to communicate with spirit guides or see visions. So I'm thinking along the lines of like psychic mediums, mm-hmm. people who have gifts and abilities. Some people don't like to call it a gift or an ability. Yeah. They refer to it different. But however you refer to it or want it to be referred, then that, you know, we're not trying to poo-poo and that, say everybody's Yeah, gift. everybody has different terms of it because that's how they feel that they yeah. they don't feel it as a, a gift or right. it wasn't a gift because it wasn't given to them or right. they, they were, were born with it. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever terminology you use, we're not trying to offend anybody. So the primary role of an indigo child seems to revolve around exposing truths different from deception. So at a young age, indigo children are able to see through the illusions, half truths and falsehoods rife in society. So to their parents and teachers, they may seem like somebody who's very overly inquisitive, headstrong. They can be ornery or obnoxious children. As um, precocious truth tellers, the child and the adult indigos can't help them themselves, but they see through bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and other people's need to and want to expose them. So they have a great desire to bring truth to light and it seems like this is just kind of in their genetic makeup or in their mm-hmm. DNA, which you and I kind of have that no bullshit filter, right? Like yeah. we we run into a lot of people, like whether we're at conventions or traveling or or work, work. And it was funny when I worked at my old job for twenty years, which I left. And I'm very happy. Uh, I could tell because it was a great, big, huge revolving door, like. They would hire and people would leave. I could tell when somebody walked in who was going to make it. Oh, yeah. And who wasn't within like the first three seconds yeah. of looking at them. Mm-hmm. I could tell if they were going to they were going to make it or break Same it. Same here. And I was always right. And nobody would listen to me. Like, well, that's that's. Uh, and then are you talking? To, Did you say something? Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it's like they'd hire these people mm-hmm. knowing I'm like, dude, they're not going to make it. There's time wasters. And then it would be this big thing, right? And there would be a lot of drama. And then they'd either just leave or they'd get fired. And it's like, you should like kind of listen to me. <laughs> you know what? I've been through this. I mean, we had literally. And it's not psychic ability. It's BS ability. Right. BS meters, right? So it was It was like, I'm not exaggerating. There was hundreds of people came mm-hmm. to the door. So anyways, you know. Some people just, they don't get it. And other people's like, I see, like yeah. my mind's eye, I already know your whole story and you can't pull the wool over my yeah. eyes, right? So anyways, um, a lot of people criticize people who are indigo child. And, and when I say indigo child, it also can be adults because they grow they, up, Yeah, right? that's the thing. And I'll talk about the waves of them. Okay. And they 
you know, can criticize the indigo child concept as being one that is misused by parents to make um, their children seek or look special, particularly if they have like special needs or special abilities. Um, others claim that signs of being an indigo child are so vague and it could apply to everyone. And they call that the four effect. Okay. While it's true that the indigo child label can be misused, just as any label could be, uh, the two signs of an indigo child are so specific that they cannot be widely applied to every person. So like I mentioned, indigo children are obsessed with finding the truth. And this cannot be said of every person or every child. Every rule, belief, structure, and um, institution will be questioned and ruthlessly challenged by the indigo child. It's a trait that's truly unusual and extreme. So it's common for people to criticize um, indigo children, label them as being delusional. Mm -hmm. Um, While labels and concepts used um, to describe the ego are illusory um, constructs of the mind, finding a sense of affinity with the indigo child label is extremely beneficial. Identifying this label helps us to develop the self-understanding and acceptance, which are important elements of spiritual growth. So when they misdiagnose indigo children, it's really common for the indigo child to be misdiagnosed with behavioral issues such as ADD or ADHD or other moody disorders. Mood disorders, I guess you would call Moody, yeah, we get moody. Uh Um, Because they're headstrong and they're free thinking and they're often feared and misunderstood, therefore medicated at young ages and probably more so a while back now I think it's more acceptable for kids to be able to express themselves. Yeah. Yes and no. Right? Yeah, I was going to say it is, but they're still medicating kids like you wouldn't believe right now. That's terrible. Because. Do you, is it the parents don't want to deal with them? I, I was going to say that, but it's it could be, yeah. It could be that they are. And the thing is, you know, they, these could be true indigo kids. And then they put them on Ritalin and stuff like that. And it knocks that indigo down it, it yeah. they're i, I want to say psychic abilities it knocks their psychic abilities down mm-hmm. or suppresses them yeah yeah it's it's sad because you know like if a child is expressing um you know maybe seeing something paranormal mm-hmm. in the house and the parents just don't want to deal with it they're like you just made that up and you know that happens a lot you know that's that's sad and we've talked about that many times about mm-hmm. how kids see and it's always up to the age of seven. And these indigo kids will actually pass that. Mm-hmm. It, they won't stop at the age of seven. And I tried to figure out why the age of seven, but I didn't find much. But I did find one thing. It was kind of funny where it said that up to the age of seven, the children are drawing energy out of the parents. Mm-hmm. And that's why the parents are always tired with babies and stuff. And I'm thinking, no, they're probably tired because the babies keep them up all night. <laughs> they constantly poop. So you got to constantly change. You know? well, so do I. <laughs> but they, I've seen where they said they, you know, yeah. they said that. Joe and I are experts because we don't have any kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh we have God. nieces and nephews we can uh, give back. Yeah. But lots of they, them. um, it's, I guess the the professionals or whatever said that up to the age of seven, a child draws energy off its mother. Mm. And then at the age of seven, that bond is broken mm-hmm. psychological or um, yeah. uh, not psychological, but um, 
like emotionally uh, or um, psychological or oh. something. I can't, I don't think it, I can think of the word, uh-huh. but that invisible cord is broken. And that's why they change at age seven to where they don't remember past lives and stuff like that. Hmm. Don't know. Does it have anything to do with the pituitary gland? I don't know. See, that's I what I was saying. I was trying to find that. info yeah. on it. And I remember listening to Darkness Radio one time. And Tim Dennis, who runs Darkness Radio, awesome. Hi, Tim. Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a few birthdays. Brian Cano's yes, birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Brian Cano. We have the same birthday, 222. Yeah. And um, Scott. Scott Lambert. Yep. Also, happy birthday, Scott Lambert, 222. But, Anyhow, I forget what I was going with that, but... <laughs> well, but the bond between the mother and yeah. the child changes as mm-hmm. the child, Hits you know, plus plus also the kid's language, right? Yeah. They, they are becoming independent, mm-hmm. right? They have formed all their language and they're now, you know, able to do things on their own pretty much by the age seven. They should know how to tie their shoes and yeah. read and write a little bit and yeah, so... I've been told. I don't know. <laughs> but... Age seven seems to be the age where I want to say the normal kid stops remembering stuff and the indigo children continue. Okay. They don't lose that ability. Mm-hmm. So what are the signs of being an indigo child? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I've got the four different types here. <laughs> and these, it's interesting though. Okay. So these are 17 signs and I'll go through them pretty quickly because you know, I don't want everybody to like fall asleep on our podcast here. Um, first one is your strong will. So if you're a passionate person who will do anything it takes to accomplish your goals or dreams, even if other people criticize you or don't support you, keep going no matter what. Now, is that not this podcast? Like yes. how many times have people poo-pooed us for doing the podcast? And here we are seven years later. Coming up on eight. Eight. Um, and. Yeah, we're still going strong. I can't read. I can't read. So when I do read, it's slow, and I've had a few people say, you know, it sounds like you can't read on the air. Like, I can't. I can't read out loud. I'm practicing. I'm getting better. And I'm editing, (laughs) because I can edit out the gaps. Yeah, but, you know, people don't understand your background either, right? Like, Yeah. So um, another one is you're an old soul. You feel as though you've lived many lifetimes and possess a wisdom that others your age don't yet have as a child you may have behaved like an old man or old woman or an adult or you have a spiritually deep philosophical outlook on life so you know like i don't know like i always felt like i never fit in ever 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 yeah felt like i fit in anywhere and i still don't to a part of me you know what i still doesn't feel that way i always feel like i've lived many many lifetimes Mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of like where I think some of my anxiety and my fears come from is like possibly past lives. Like, you know, I, you know, my famous, I hate bridges. Yeah. Because I was in a past life thrown off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, if you're a free thinker. I, I actually huh? would like to get a past life regression. Yeah. We should but I want to get it from someone I don't know. That's just like. When I go to these psychic fairs and all mm-hmm. that. We know everybody. We know everybody and I, they know my history and that I'd like to find someone that it's like the first time that we met Melinda Carver. Yeah. She looked at me, she said, oh, you got attachments. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, get them unattached, duh. please. And then. Um, She's the one who told me about the past lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, I met Vanessa mm-hmm. and she said the same thing. I'm like, yeah. You need to. Call life. Okay. 
this is a call to action. <laughs> Whoever is a Reiki healer or does past life regressions, you need to um, do a session with Joe. Yeah, but everybody knows me. Well, you know, like Reiki. If you aren't, if you are not listening to this show, and you... <laughs> all right, uh, any of those people do Reiki, do uh, Reiki. Um, what do you call that? Remotely? Yeah, remote Reiki. And send it to Joe. <laughs> um, it says you're a headstrong nonconformist. So basically, you know, a lot of disobedient children, adults who can't stand to be boxed in or controlled by others. You know, like you have to forge your own path. And I mean, like, you know, like me, I never, you know, wanted, I wanted to do things and I wanted to go places and I made it happen. Yeah. You just do it. You right? have to. Because if not, you're going to be stuck in the same old place, doing the same old thing, blah, blah, blah. And then okay. Facebook will say, this is what you did 10 years ago. And you're like, I'm still wearing the same shirt. I know, right? Um, you're a passionate truth seeker. Um, you're perceptive and intelligent. You're highly intuitive. This is, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about like the abilities and the different types of abilities, but being very intuitive. So... That could be just as much as like being able to read people, seeing yeah. somebody come in and know that they're just not going to make it here, mm -hmm. you know, at this place or whatever. But even indigo children can read auras. They see auras. They see it's almost I mean, they are psychic kids. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the indigo children, they have this just deep need to change the world, like want to right the wrongs. I would think like, these people out here making things about climate change and, mm -hmm. and trying to stop traffickers or whatever it is. If you're empathic and compassionate, you care about the planet, you care about people. You know, when you have this high level of empathy and compassion, it often means you struggle with anxiety and depression because it's polarizing, right? Like, Yeah, and it's sucking the life out of you. Yeah, that's my life. Um, you're a change-making leader. So, you know, a lot of... These people are destined to be spiritual um, leaders. They gravitate towards leadership. They are high functioning. Um, you're idealistic. So you just have this positive trait of like, you know, being very I full of ideas. Also, you have high expectations for yourself and other people, which is, can be a disadvantage because you can be overly critical and demanding. I just smiled because oh. uh, that's me. And then, you know, another one is you're a loner and, you know, a lot of free spirits, they don't want to be held down by anybody, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be on their own. They like to spend time with their own company. They seek solitude to kind of regenerate. You're highly creative. So a lot of artists, musicians, you know, just anybody in the creative forum, that's possible that they are an indigo child. You have a strong connection with nature and animals. You know, maybe you're empathic and compassionate and you gravitate towards the natural world. You love to be surrounded by the ocean or trees or animals. So sometimes you just need to get away from humanity and they have to kind of like go out into nature. So maybe these are the people living the van lives. You know, yeah. like I watch that on TikTok a lot and I just love, I, I would just like, I would love to do that. The only thing that I could not, deal with with the band life is not having like a really hot long running shower <laughs> <laughs> like i gotta shave these legs <laughs> um it's what they make chainsaws for right i need some for my toes right now <laughs> i have an appointment this weekend but that's i digress um 
couple more, just a few more. Okay. Um, you're drawn towards spirituality over religion. So basically, you know, indigo childs, they're drawn toward the truth and the purest form and not diluted by dogma or fundamentalist teachings. It's basically falling uh, love with the message of, you know, love, basically. Mm-hmm. You love love and, and you want to spread that around. You struggle with boredom. A lot of inquisitive minds, they tend to struggle with routine and conventional structure. So, you know, like maybe somebody's stuck in an office or, you know, it's just, it's very hard for them like me. Like I'd rather be out, you know, doing my thrifting or or, or reselling than the structure and confines of an office. But on my other hand, I like structure of doing the same thing every day. Like I need to do these five tasks and these five tasks and get it done and, Mm -hmm. and walk out knowing I have things done. And then the last one is you're prone to experiencing ex 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 oh gosh (laughs) existential angst existential i have trouble with that word yeah um so that's basically existential anxiety and depression go far beyond the usual anxiety and depression because you're more concerned with life itself than the self so as an indigo child you tend to ask questions of like why do we suffer what's the meaning of life why is there injustice why was i born you know, very deep philosophical type questions that may cause you to lose interest in the meaningless pursuits carried out by the majority of humanity. Like for me, and probably for you too, because Joe's doesn't drink, but like going to the bar and just sitting at the bar is excruciating. Yeah. Like I would much rather be at home sitting in front of my TV, watching um, somebody play blackjack on YouTube, (laughs) then sitting at the bar trying to make small talk with people because it's just very uncomfortable for me. Now, like, I go out once in a while with my friend Kendra, my best friend of, like, 35 years, and it's that's fine, right? Like, but for me to just, like, go to a bar, like, by myself or try to make small talk, I'm like, bleh. Well, I think it's because of the empathic nature nature of it, too, because... There's so much emotion at a bar. It's usually negative or downer. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It's hard. It's draining. It drains you and it it drains your energy. It lowers your vibration so much that you get down to that level and you're just like, blah. Yeah. And crowds too. You know, me being out in a crowd is like a big crowd that's Mm -hmm. way too overwhelming for me or loud noises too. I'm just like, no, nope, don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I did that in my younger years, like go to like super loud concerts yeah. and stuff. And now I'm like, mm, I'd rather just stay See, home. That's funny. I'm just came back from one. <laughs> I go to them all the time. I know. And I, don't but get me it's wrong. different because we're part of it. Yeah. You know, right. So I'm not, I can't tell you how long it's been since I went to a show just to go and see a band. Yeah. Not participate in the actual show itself. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's other small traits like you have a tendency toward addiction to numb feelings, um, seeking only loyal friendships. You're proud and bossy. You're fire tempered. You're more sensitive to environmental and food um, pollutants. And you have spiritual gifts such as like clairvoyance and, and telepathy. Now, Some things that can benefit people who may be indigo children that help them kind of process through some of this is like, you've got to stay grounded. You have to practice uh, mindful breathing and meditation every day. You have to practice emotional acceptance and you have to familiarize 
yourself with the uh, spiritual awakening process and how it's linked to depression. So do your regular routines that help you unwind. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, a lot of people like are so busy, right? Like there's so much going on. You, you, you know, Joe, you're working, you're doing two podcasts, you're editing shows, you're, you know, running around, help mom and, and doing all the things you do. And it's like, sometimes you don't have time for your favorite routines. Like I like to just like sit in my living room and watch poker on TV, yeah. right? And play on my phone. And I don't have a lot of time to do that. So I have to cut into my sleep time mm-hmm. to get in all my like scrolling and yeah. all that. Um, I love to go swimming. I can't tell you last time I went yeah. swimming. It's been years. Uh-huh. And it's like, I am a Pisces, so I love the water. So it's like, I don't have time to do the things that help me decompress like and get getting into, the water. into that rot water yeah you know it, it grounds you it regenerates you you get it you know i keep going back to this but it raises your vibration it's just yeah. the same reason why i float yeah joe does the float tank sessions it's um what is it called it's epsom salt basically like um, Ten, um where oh sensory deprivation they, yeah that's it yeah and it, that is something great to reju- rejuvenize yourself mm-hmm. because the electrolytes and the salt help you. It's like some people don't float, but they go to salt lamp rooms. Oh, I saw one. Uh, there's a salt cave in Perrysburg. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I haven't tried it yet. Uh-huh. But I think it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the bottom line to this Indigo Children stuff is a lot of it sounds just like a hyper child, hyper children. Mm-hmm. But it goes much deeper than that because they are more in tune with nature. They're more in tune with trying to fix things. Mm-hmm. They're not just hyper as in throwing their toys around the room or that. They're hyper as in they can't sit still because they're trying to do all these things. Well, nobody's teaching them how to focus their mm-hmm. energy either, right? Like they're over here and they're over here. And it's like there was a study that, and I think it's, in California schools, now they're doing this, they're teaching meditation to children. And oh. it said it's, it's really calming them down yeah. and being able to, you know, not be wild banshees uh-huh. in the classroom. But, but they, that's true, though. Yeah. They said if they taught the entire generation of kids how to meditate, we'd have like very little violence yeah. in the world. Right. It's and sad. I don't do it enough. I do meditate. Mm hmm. Um, but it's more of sitting in my chair in front of the TV and having a, a 15 minute meditation video on, mm-hmm. but I notice a difference. I really do. Even yeah. just that, I, I, I haven't got to the point yet where I'm sitting on the floor without the video playing, just meditating mm-hmm. and I'll get to that point, but it just seems like by the end of the night, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. And it's just like my yoga, my DDPY yoga. I have not been doing that as it shows. Um, But that's all part of the meditation thing. Even doing yoga for exercise still is a meditation form. Yeah. And it relaxes you. So, you know, if you are hyper and you can't figure out why or you can't figure out how to ground yourself floating or -hmm. just walking in the lake, Mm -hmm. the ocean, stuff like that. Walk around in the grass with no shoes on because they, you have a connection to the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And they say one of the worst inventions ever made was rubber soled shoes. Okay. Because it disconnects you from, you know, that, that ions or whatever yeah. you, you know, circulate mm-hmm. um, by being out in nature or 
physically walking on the ground. Now, look out for dog doo-doos. Dog doo-doo and, and the <laughs> bees that come out of the ground. Yeah. I got zapped by those. Yeah, be careful. Um, but it's just like with my life coaching stuff and my um, body, mind, and wallet type deal stuff, <laughs> I tell people a lot to go walk in the woods. Yeah. And the reason why I say the woods is because of that fact. Now, mm-hmm. they're not walking barefoot, but in the woods, there's a chemical in the air called tarpenes. And it's usually about six to eight inches off the ground. It's because it's all the stuff that's coming out of the plants. Mm-hmm. And that's the same theory is you are, and you're breathing it in because you're moving yeah, it around. the air's cleaner and it's quieter. Yeah, it's, and... You're getting all those tarpenes in your lungs and your body. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... And try... Try not to take your phone with you. I mean, do if you you feel like you need it for safety, but try not to wear your headphones. Mm-hmm. Just try to listen to the nature sounds. I always tell people when you're walking in the woods, look up. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to watch where you're walking, but you'll <laughs> find <especially> yourself <laughs> when you're walking on a path, you'll find yourself just staring at the ground, mm-hmm. but look up, look at the colors, look at the shapes, look at stuff you find in the trees. In Wildwood Park where I walk, there's a tree called, that I call dogwood tree because mm-hmm. sticking out of the side of the tree is a growth that looks like a dog's head. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm really excited because, you know, now that I have this new job, I'm close to that park. So I yeah. can stop there on my way home uh-huh. and go walking. Um, just one just lap. Really Even if you just yeah. go one lap, it's 30 minutes. You'll, you'd be surprised because, yeah. um, and I mentioned this in my other show, where I used to stop at a park after work every day. Even though it was a little bit on my way, I would walk in it mm-hmm. for 30 minutes and I'd come home and it was like I never lost any time anyways because instead of coming home and sitting on yeah. in front of the TV for a few minutes to a half hour, I'm coming home and I'm doing things. Mm-hmm. So even though you're spending a half hour walking the path, you're still coming home and getting more done. So, I, I, you know, you almost get a little energy too. You get like your second wind to be able yeah, to get the rest of that stuff exactly. done. Exactly. I haven't, well, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I probably haven't gone for a walk in, since the last time you and I went, and that mm-hmm. was years ago. And I'm like, I am so ready to change my whole. You have to. You know, and, people say they want to retire and mm-hmm. travel. You can't travel if you can't walk around. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, leaving my job was a huge step, right? Like baby steps, right? But I'm I'm just really excited because I'm just ready for a change. Like yeah. the reason I left there was because of the stress and I'm mm-hmm. going to die and, you know, I'm like be a ghost. But, you know, it's like I, I it's this is the catalyst for me to yeah. do other things. Mm-hmm. Like stop doing what I'm doing because it's not working. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Basically. But. This is interesting because like a lot of these star children or star seeds or um, rainbow children, indigo children, a lot of them have psychic abilities. Yeah. So I just kind of want to quickly go over the different types of psychic abilities because you could have one, Mm -hmm. you could have multiple, you know, it it just depends. Like you could just be clairvoyant, which is um, the gift to physically see objects or auras like you talked about earlier. Mm It's often associated with being able to see ghosts or spirits. Clairsendence is the ability to psychically process, which, you know, kind of is like uh, judging like negative or positive. Okay. I guess you would say it's kind of that gut feeling they you would get like a gut feel, feeling about something. 
um, clear audience is being able to hear spirits rather than just see them. So you could hear words or music or more so than what you would hear with your normal ear. Clear cognizance is basically like a clear knowing of having prior knowledge of subjects. So a lot of people have intuition mm-hmm. or premonitions is the word I was looking to. Um, retrocognition is the ability to see past lives or events um, that happened to you before you were born. Um, precognition is the ability to see future events. Yeah. You know, predicting through dreams or kind of a deja vu type thing. Um, psychometry is basically using senses to feel energy that's released through an object, past, present, or future. Um, a lot of psychics do that. They kind of tune into energy fields through touch, you know, holding an object mm-hmm. gives you the whole backstory. Remote viewing, which we've yeah. talked to a couple people about, is basically being able to kind of travel long distances into another world, another place, sometimes locations psychically. One of our friends does this. I can't remember who. Yeah. Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam. Um, mediumship is basically being able to connect with spirits of people who have passed away, being able to communicate with them. They're um, sometimes called light workers. This one is interesting. I, I have not heard of this one. So it's emotional freedom technique. So it's basically enhancing your emotional health. So psychic um, gifted in EFT or emotional freedom techniques is the ability to place positive energy into a person. So it's kind of like, I would think it would be like Reiki. Yeah. You know, I think, damn cat just walked by the window and scared the (laughs) heck out of me. I thought it was a ghost. (laughs) Joe's got these wild cats that always show up. And it was because they hang out on my riding mower, which I parked right by the window. (laughs) I'm look out the window and I see something walking by and it's, uh, it's like the dark outside. So like, you know, I just see this shadow walking by on Joe's railing on his (laughs) deck. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, as we're talking about weird psychic things. Right. Um, So basically, if you want to remove like negative emotions or food cravings or eliminate pain, these people focus on putting good energy into you in your body, maybe releasing trapped emotions or negative energy. So I think it's along the lines mm-hmm. of, of, you know, Reiki healing or Reiki work and then tarot reading. So, you know, it's very popular. It's kind of had a real resurgence lately. Um, so people can um, give you guidance about love or career, other, you know, areas of your life, or sometimes they can interpret the past or the future through the cards. So um, a lot of light workers use tarot. and A lot of kids are getting into using that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. A lot of crazy kids. <laughs> um, what do you got there, so- Joey? There were basically three waves of indigo children that came out. And I think that there's more than three. I think that just the information I found was, was not up to date. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to go over these three different types, and you'll notice some, some similarity. Okay. Okay, so indigo wave one. Their vibration frequency is around 4 to 4.6 hertz. Their sixth chakra is well-developed. They were born from the 1940s. They're also a being who came with the desire to change the world, to bring new things, great ideas, and radical ideas. But sometimes they're also considered a little blue flower. It's kind of a whole hippie movement, for example. 
the Indigo Wave 1 developed their sixth chakra, but generally it be, barely gets used because society is not all ready to welcome them as they were. It's the energy of a person who discovers his world from a new angle and marvels at it. Often Indigo 1 Wave wants to change everything at once with like a radical dash. He's the type that's going to go to India and learn techniques and treatments or other inspired traits from a yogi. They do lack the confidence of most of the time, which prevents them from fully living their dreams. They have strengths in that they are active actors in change and bring ways of thinking into the world that's really not ready for it yet. They're revolutionizing an environment that is not favorable to them. They illustrate the fact that it is possible to come out with this almighty matter and that there's another reality beyond that. They're the parents of an entire line of indigo children. And this is where the next two waves come up. I really believe that this is a generational thing. They can recharge themselves with lapis lazuli crystal. I don't mm-hmm. know what that lapis is. Lapis lazul. Is that what, how it yeah. is? Wow. Um, going for a walk in nature or leaning just leaning against a tree. Being rooted in nature allows them to assume their differences and to perceive what can or cannot be achieved at this level. And when their projects become feasible, they can move on to the next level. Wave number two, their vibrations frequencies are from 4.7 to 5.3 hertz. Their sixth chakra is well-developed. They were born in the 60s, and they are also indigo children of wave one. So what I'm saying is this seems like each time the generation comes out, the children get stronger. Indigo Wave 2 carry the ideals of their parents, but come with a better grounding. Therefore, they have the possibilities of putting their concepts into into matter. So in other words, they have the ability to actually finish the task. They're the ones that open wellness centers, alternative tea rooms, Zen rooms, and other companies like that. They're not afraid to take the steps to change their lives and assume this change. They are important in the foundation of projects that will make the world flourish. They generally endowed with the extreme strong relational sense. They love their neighbor and are not afraid to show it. They are very attentive to their loved ones and want them to discover magical worlds which they live in. They create centers and communities for people to find their way back to themselves. They can recharge with lapis lazuli lazuli, crystals, going for walks in nature, leaning against trees, does them well, finding inner strength and confidence, power through good work on themselves allows them to move into the number three frequency. So let's talk about the number three, and this is the final one that I have information on. Their vibration frequency is from 5.4 to 5.69 hertz. Their chakras are very well developed. They were born in the 1980s. They were basically the ones that were brought up in the book by Lee Carroll and Juan Tauber, which basically put the Indigo children name in the mainstream. They refuse to do what they are told or advised until they have experienced it for themselves. They actually bring with themselves all the knowledge of the ancients, but they often refuse to reproduce it as is. They choose to chart their own paths. They 
go on their own courses and shape their own techniques in the way that they feel is right. They generally need grounding and connection to their pelvis, the second chakra, to put more sacredness and less head into their actions. In other words, they rely more on what their thoughts are than what their sacredness genetics or bringing up tell them. Their great difficulty is to manage their feelings and make them more of a tool in this existence. They're very sensitive to all the information that surrounds them because they constantly capture it, given the development of their sixth chakra. These children usually have very high IQs, which earn them the sweet name of HP for high potential. Their potential is currently very high, but they must learn to ground themselves to enter into their relationship. They do have points that they need to improve on. They are focused on their general goals, but move forward at a cost. Even if others do not follow them, they're often stubborn and a bit selfish. This comes from the fact that they know very well where they want to go and only change their route when they have decided it for themselves. They tend to prefer visual environments, real environments. The world of video games can snap them up and hold them hostage in surprising ways. I think that has to do with the fact that the stimulant coming into their mind is so great with video games that it's almost overwhelming. And we see that a lot with the phones. We always have to have that stimulant. I did mention on my other show, The Year of Profit, which you can listen to right after you're done listening to this show is that the world is coming at us so fast now. I mean, as we're looking at our phones, we want to constantly scroll and scroll and scroll. And all that information is going past so fast that we're not really absorbing it, but we're making it so that it feels like that's what the world has to be. The world has to scroll scroll past super fast. And I believe that these children have that same, um, I don't want to say ability, but that same way that they absorb that information because they're so hyper and because their vibrations are so high, which makes them sensitive to everything around them. They have to learn to deal with it and protect themselves because they can become overwhelmed. The ways that they recharge it is basically the same things is with the crystals, going for walks in nature, leaning against trees, working on energy for their second chakra, which is the Hera sacred chakra and is related to the relationships, allowing them to really get in touch with each other and have an excellent foundation to move forward. It's interesting. Um, you know, if you feel like you are, you know, a star seed or uh, an indigo child, let us know, you know, maybe tell us about your experience. You can send us a DM or something. We'd like to hear it. Yeah, because there's, you know, I, I, when I was researching this, I came across a lot of videos and it was people that just call themselves it, but it's almost like they call themselves this, but they're not doing the same things that mm -hmm. they're said. But on the other hand, everybody has their own way of expressing themselves. Sure. So they could be indigo children, but yet they're just expressing themselves in ways that are a little different than what other mm -hmm. people do. Maybe they don't realize, maybe they've never heard of that term. That's probably true too. Well, now they listen to our show and they'll, they'll dig into it. And if you get <laughs> an aura photo, you can tell if you're an indigo because it'll be the indigo color. Interesting. Not poop brown. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, I, I, I really relate with a lot of those things that they said that, you know, 
the the traits and the characteristics. Yeah. I feel like I um, match a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I thought this was a very interesting topic mm-hmm. because we know about psychic kids and that, and this is kind of the same thing. It's just that they. I don't know how to put it, but they're more like a star child type person Mm -hmm. instead of a psychic child. Yeah. But then again, a lot of your indigo children are from highly sensitive, highly psychic parents. Mm -hmm. So is it generational? Is it? That's what I'm thinking. Is it? um, With these three types, I think it is. Coded in your DNA. It could be. Have your DNA done. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, you guys, we really, really appreciate you uh, sticking around with us for the entire podcast. And if you're hearing this message, please, please, please make sure you like and subscribe on our YouTube page. And if you want to share the show with your friends, you know, we post it on our Facebook page when I remember. And, <laughs> and you know, wherever you get your podcast too, you can always um, give us a thumbs up. And look at the look in the link in the descriptions. We have some great links down there. One is to my book, the 14 Day Morning Affirmation Transformation, the book that will change your life. Also, I have a link there to Jen's Poshmark Closet. She has some great deals on clothing. Yes, and pet goods. Oh yeah, you got some pet goods in there yeah. now. And I have these really cool, and I only have three, so you guys got to stamp them up. I have some. Um, tiaras like gothic tiaras and baroque tiaras and they're really really nice like metal tiaras so if you're into that kind of thing maybe for photo shoots or just because you want to be a princess there you go joe and if you have a cat and the cat just doesn't look karen enough that's right jen does have a cat wig i have a kitty wig for sale (laughs) you have to get it so anyways for your cat look at the in the links in the descriptions just click on those links it'll take you to the sites and it's your way to help the show. Support us by buying all of Jen's clothes. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have like mounds of clothes. <laughs> Anyways, but thank you again, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you. Joe will give us an update about his whole vacation when he gets back. We'll give you all the ins and outs and make sure you like and subscribe and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week, guys. Let's listen to some crud. Reality. Yes, my jam. And yes, this is the lead singer of Spun, Vinnie Dumbass. Look badass, Dana on bass. Yes.